Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode on Talk to Talk with your girl, Miss Anita Love. Hate to hate coming to you guys from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. God is good. It continues to bless me. My family is blessed. And another day of growth is always a blessing. It is Monday, Moving Motivational Monday. And I'm off today because it is Labor Day. And we're going to get into a little history of Labor Day. And I hope you guys are home safe, the ones that are off and the ones that are working. I hope that you're putting in that energy, collecting your coins, or doing whatever it is that you should be doing in the right way. I'm just saying. Um, we have to always be encouraged. We have to always be motivated. We have to always be pushing to be better every day than what we were the day before. You know, sometimes life gets hard. Um, it becomes stressful. I know this. The last two weeks have been very stressful for me. And not because of something that I did. It was because someone can sit back and direct traffic into your life and tell you what he or she should be doing. And don't know you from a hill of beans. I get that from someone else. Um, And that, that pisses me off. At first, I was tripping because I knew people were lying. And so you're like, who's lying? I don't know what's going on. But the one person that I didn't think was lying because I had never even talked to them at the time and it didn't make sense for them to even say anything because I'm on the impression they have no clue about what's going on. Um, So when the time that I did talk to them, according to them, that was the first time that they had talked to me. And me being so frustrated with everything else, didn't pay attention to the conversation at hand because as I was getting off the phone and they were saying, well, I talked to them and she didn't mention anything of the sort to me of that situation. And so after the next day when I was thinking about it, actually it was later that evening, and I thought about it, I was like, she's playing both sides of the fence. She lied. And then I was thinking about the conversation me and her had, and then I was thinking about the conversation that me and the other people had, and I'm like, why are you lying? Just say whatever it's supposed to be. I mean, everybody was supposed to do a sit-down, everybody involved, and the one person that I didn't think were being messy or being shady messaged me and say, I can't make it, but you still should have the meeting with the other people and let me know how it goes. And when we get to the meeting, that person never even notified the other people and let them know that she wasn't even coming. And I'm like, what the hell going on? So then that's when I'm like, yeah, you tried to dodge us. You didn't want to be in our face and sit down and talk to us face to face. You're a coward. And I don't respect cowards. But at the same time, I was still trying to give her the benefit of the doubt because she wasn't there to speak for herself. And of course, everything is going to be pointed at you because you bailed out. And you the one was excited about the meeting. So it didn't make sense. And so everything was supposed to be getting cleared up the next day because the other people when they came, we got a lot of things sorted through. Everything was on the table. Everything was clear. And so everybody knew what direction we were going to point it. And so the next day, blah, blah, blah. And then that Friday come and we were like, I'm like, I want to clarify everything, make sure everything is clear because people are saying this and you're saying something different because I, at that point, I didn't trust her. I didn't trust the person. I'm going to be honest with you. And so she sent this message about what somebody's supposed to be doing, something about following the rules and um, everybody's trying to do everything um, 
in regards to you and your situation, but everybody has rules to follow. And I'm like, hold up, bitch. What rules we're not following? You know what I mean? And then she was like, um, I know that you're upset. And see, to be honest, I wasn't even upset. I just was trying to make sure I was clear on everything because at this time, I caught you in a lie, more than one lie. And at this point, I don't trust you. and I don't believe anything you say. So be completely honest. Just say what needs to be said so I can know. Don't give me no hidden messages because I don't do good with hidden messages. Just tell me. And then I was like, look, don't assume to know me because clearly you do not know me. If you knew me, you would never be fixing your mouth to say I'm mad. Am I annoyed and disappointed that someone lied and misled information and possibly slander my name yes I'm very much annoyed and disappointed at that because it didn't make any sense all this back and forth with the BS is not even necessary tell me what needs to be done what's expected and be done with it all this well yeah you could do this and then turn around and say you can't do that when you feel like you're in high water I don't have time for that in my life say whatever needs to be said and let's let's move on from it but don't tell me that you know anything about me because you don't and by the way you never because she was like I said this to you and this is what has to be done. And I said, and by the way, you did not say that. You nor the other person never said that to me. This is the first time you've ever been dishonest. Let's just be clear about that. But you have a wonderful weekend. Like, don't play with me. Because I'm trying to walk Christ-like, so don't play with me. So when I tell you God is real, he's real. Because the old me would have just been calling and being like, look, don't play with me. You know, I would have went off, I would have been cursing, I would have been fussing, and what would I have gotten? I wouldn't have gotten nothing. And although I had every right to be irritated and frustrated, and I had a right to be mad because you were lying, and you lied on me, and you you wouldn't own up to it, but you put everybody else, and you threw everybody else on the bus, but you were the one that helped create the lie as well, and lied on me. And you never face the fact. So I had every right to be frustrated. I had every right to be annoyed and mad. But I wasn't going to give you the satisfaction. I wasn't. You know, when people, like there's a situation um, with these people that I know where um, they have people coming in and help them with a sitter, right? And their situation is very complex. They are very private people, very protective people. And so I pretty much know how they go about doing things. And they don't like people in their business. They don't like random people in their house. And if you're new and you're coming to my house, I have to meet you first. That's how I am. I'm going to be honest with you. But the people over one of the companies don't understand that. What is it that you don't understand? Why is that a problem that some a black person don't want random people in their house? And mind you, these people have been through a lot of BS. These people have been through a lot of storms. So nobody wants to trust people in their house that could possibly know people that can be breaking into their house or helping to break into their house. Do you know, do, you, do they even watch the news to see all these sitters that come in and steal these people information and commit fraud on these people? So you're asking people to put themselves out there and be okay with that. I'm not, I wouldn't be okay with that. So I didn't blame her for wanting to be protective and wanting to be cautious. But you got, I'm going to be honest, she's a white woman. You have a white person that never even took the time to get to know this family. Have probably met this family once, from my understanding, twice the most. You haven't even took the energy to even get to know them. You do not know anything about the client themselves. And you're telling them what they should do. 
and what they can't do when it comes to them. My thing is, if it's a sitter that's supposed to accommodate the child or the adult or the son or whomever, if this works for the client, why are you telling them what they can't do? Like she told them they can't take the the person to another family member house, um, um, do that on their time, things of that nature, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But all I mean, I'm not going to drag this all. All I'm telling you, God is real. Continue to push, continue to be courage, and don't let the devil win. The devil's a liar. Rebuke they asses. All right, all right, all right. It is Labor Day. But before we get into that, you guys, we're going to talk about college scores, winners and losers in the week. Um, the 2018 season of college football is officially back. Games have been played. There have been winners. There have been losers. And guess what else is back? I'm here to give you the entire week. Um, there's still some college football to play on today, but nearly all of the opening games are in the books from dominated performance by Alabama and Oklahoma to another disappointing start for Texas and UCLA. And there are a lot of storylines that people are going to be reading. And with that in mind, it's time to take a step back and digest everything that's happened through the first three days of college week one. Thanks to the NCAAFB. Thank you. Um, we're going to start off with Alabama. Yes. Um, Nick Saban realized he could use a quarterback like two Tagovola. If I said that wrong, I apologize. Prior to last season, Saban had already won five national championships, four with Alabama, one with LSU, and primarily because he recruits enough blue chip players to make those runs every year. And to the point, he's won those titles without a true difference maker at quarterback. No longer my darling. Because Tago Viola, Villola, I, I apologize, started Saturday's 51-14 win over Louisville, and he was unquestionably is the guy for Alabama's defense offense. He can do everything. Jaden Hurst does as a runner and a passer, and then some. He and receiver Devontae Smith might be the most exciting thing that Alabama was showing on TV in the SEC. I'm just saying. So just think, Alabama whooping opponents on the regular anyway. Now, I think it's going to be a whole hell of a lot more fun watching them do it. Um, I'm not bragging on them. I'm really not. But, because I'm not really, I'm not an Alabama fan, but, but they're amazing. Uh, they're amazing. Moving on. Notre Dame quarterback Brandon Wimbush. The progression Wimbush has made as a passer from last season to Saturday night's open against Michigan is night and day. Wimbush has always been a tremendous runner, um, but his development in throwing the ball downfield is what should take the Irish offense to a completely new level. His numbers for the game was 12 of 22, 170 yards, touchdown, interception. It does not do him justice. His performance, I'm telling you, he was amazing. Um, his ability to invade um, Michigan's pressure, it, which was all, it was frequent. Wow. 
he would he kept his composure and his eyes downfield and he delivered the most accurate strike wars on display. He helped from wide outs courtesy of some of spectacular catches, but this was a positive step forward with the Irish win of twenty four to seventeen. I cannot I cannot say anything else. But the forty five thirty eight loss uh, with the Avalanche State coach Scott Statterfire, um, it did one thing, you guys. It put more eyeballs on Statterfield and his team. A casual observer may remark that the Avalanche State has been in this position before, looking back 11 years ago to the day against Michigan. And yes, App State has a brand as a giant killer. However, this was one of the least experienced teams, not only in the Sun Belt, but in the country. Um, and they. Almost beat Penn State on the road. Satterfield is 37 to 15, starting his fifth season in Boone. He's flown under the radar for bigger jobs, but I think he'll get a harder look at now, whether or not he takes those opportunities. He's earned them. So, yeah. Stanford wide receiver JJ Osinga, Whiteside. Not Bryce Love is starring in number 13, Stanford's 31-10 win over San Diego State. Um, this is usually statistics collectively, but a Sega Whiteside 11-6 to catch to touchdown ratio. In his past two games, dating back to last year, Alamo game is comically high. He's officially a problem, you guys. His best catch wasn't even one of his three scores. Um, San Diego State could have been grouped of five power five or the jackson five and it wouldn't have even mattered there's almost nothing you can do about a human giant who stands at six foot three weigh 220 pounds and could fight through any defense could latch on to a football i mean the catch to touchdown ratio will drop right but if he keeps this up he's gonna be much much important to watch on television i'm just saying the losers texas coach tom herman now, you could put the blame on Texas' loss to Maryland on their offense, offensive uh, coordinator, Tim Beck. But more on that 34-29 defeat here is that it really solving the problem, though. Is that really going to fix it? Because Herman wouldn't even say for sure this is Beck's offense. He said, we'll all be calling plays on offense. That's what Herman told the reporters. That's what he said. Um, Herman needs direction, I think. And he needs it really, really fast. He is, after all, an offensive guy by trade. And if all else fails, Texas should be good at that. And if that means taking over for the rest of the season, making this his offense, fine. I mean, if it means firing Beck, so be it too. Texas may still rebound this year, but the earlier it can reestablish an identity again, in my opinion, is 2019. And that would be year three for Herman. And that's not when you establish your identity. I'm sorry. Um... Kelly Err at UCLA won't be defined by what happened in week one of new of year one. But Lord heavens, is losing to Cincinnati um, a home, at home 26-17 a bad look? Because there are some positive, of course. Because if you look at the running back, Cosmere Allen, he is a speed demon. And he's just the type of skilled guy Kelly needs to pull off those explosive plays. The defense was good enough to win, too. I have to be honest. However... 
Michigan transfer Wilton Spite couldn't move the offense, and Darren Thompson Robinson wasn't much better. There were a few surefire wins on the schedule, and this was supposed to be one of them. And getting to a bowl might have been tough for Kelly in year one, but to me, clearly he has all he has a way to go with this squad here for 2018. I'm just saying. And anyone who brought FA FAU stock which there were a lot of people who got a case of the Keffins this summer. Yeah. Oz Coach Lane Keffin. He is he is fun to listen to when he does those reportings, his sound bites. And he's a smart as hell coach who won 11 games last season. And, yes, FAU is good, but they're not that good, for my opinion. Um, the three-touchdown spread is coming into Saturday's game. Should have been a warning sign. Vegas knows y'all, and any fodder about an upset should have been tossed aside with the with the quickness. Oklahoma hung 63 on FAU with a box score, and that was damn near perfect. And in the words of Kevin himself, he said, I'll be shocked if there was a better team in the country after what I just saw today. So we're going to be looking. We're going to be looking. Um... Then you're looking at the efforts to transfer Tate into more of a pocket pass backfire in the Arizona's 28-23 loss for BYU. Tate averaged 5.8 yards per pass attempt and was reckless in his decision-making. Meanwhile, his best asset, his legs carried him for only about 14 yards on eight attempts, and it was borderline male practice, I have to say. For the first coach, uh, first year coach Kevin Sumlin, it wasn't quite like getting the keys to a sports car. It's, it was more like a sports car that needs its engine fine tuned a bit. Well, Sumlin accidentally put oil in his radiator and broke the timing belt. That's what it seemed like to me. I'm just saying. And the best of the rest, Arvin. 21-16 win over Washington Atlanta. The Tigers' defense was lights out anyway. But Cole is a man among boys out there. It was. UC, USC linebacker Porter Gustin. We didn't hear much about UC, USC on Saturday. The Trojans needed a lurch surge to be UNLV 43-21, and that's not ideal. But getting Gustin back just two weeks after he just had a meniscus surgery a month ago is amazing. Gustin ended the game with three tackles, a sack, a fumble recovery, and there are some good stats by themselves, let alone just coming back from injury. Um, then you have the Rockets. They had no problems with VMI. They won 63-3. to Of course, that's an easy task when magician David Blaine is stealing your putts and reappearing in the end zone with the ball for a touchdown. That's just what's going to happen. And Texas Tech wide receiving T.J. Vasher. Honestly, there were so many insane catches from week one that it became impossible to keep track of all of them. So to list them all here would just probably be a disservice to the ones that didn't get the same attention. But if I were to choose one catch from the week that stood out above the rest, it was a one-handed grab. I mean, it was amazing. From Vasher and Texas Tech lost to Ole Miss. I mean, the extension was like, whoa. It was mind-blogging. I mean, I couldn't put my mind around it you guys it was amazing and then we got Purdue wide receiver Rodell Moore and speaking of receivers Moore was the nearly um candidate for player of the week with a school record 313 um all-purpose yards against Northwestern in a 31-27 loss I mean if you might remember the freshman sensation as a vile offense offseason without warrior squatting 600 pounds that's more than three times his 174 pound body weight he's like an ant ant carrying a grape or something you know he's just like 
I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? It's like a Dotson trying to bite off a tiger. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating that, but it was it was good. Kansas State. Now, all that Kansas 26-23 loss to FCS, Nicholas State, distract you from the fact that Kansas State needed a major comeback to avoid coughing one up against South Dakota. The Wildcats prevailed barely, 27-24. Um, Sky Frost, an internal waiting game. Um, there were bad weather across the country, delayed, postponed, was resulted in an outright cancellation of some games around college football on Saturday. Um, there's no fan base. Um, was more disappointed by this than the Nebraska, whose season opener against um, Akron was for the moment delayed due to lightning and bad weather. But the wait of the official return of Coach Scott Frost would be prolonged even longer, though how long it remains unknown at the present time. I don't know. I haven't found that out yet. But I'm going to give you some quick hints. Another negative from San Diego State's game, the Astros have found that their next bell cow running back in Jawah Washington, the junior, had 158 yards and a score against the Cardinals and upstage love on the other side. And a name to watch is Hawaiian quarterback Cole McDonald. He already has 846 yards passing and nine touchdowns after two games. Also, Hawaii looks good. Hawaii looks really, really good. Army quarterback Kevin Hopkins Jr. went 10 of 21 passes for 197 yards. In his Friday 30-14 loss to Duke, Army attempted just 65 passers all last year for 361 yards. And in one game, Army is already more than halfway to last season passing total and has about one-third of the attempts. Will Gears' Heisman campaign at Western Virginia got off to a good start against Tennessee. Gear has one of the easiest 429-yard, five-touchdown days a person could have in an easy 40-14 win. Now, you guys remember um, Kaylin Newton, Cam's younger brother, who was the star in Hawaii's upset over UNLV last season, the biggest upset in Vegas history. He had 439 yards passing and three touchdowns in Howard's 38-32 losses to Ohio. From the Holy Cow Man Department, the low-key stat of the weekend, courtesy of Tulane's offense, in a 23-17 overtime loss to Wake Forest 7, with seven puts in plus territory after double-checking, and then his triple-checking, yep, Tulane punt seven times from Wake Forest territory, five times in the first half alone. Yeah, you heard me. Utah State's 38-31 loss to um Number 11, Michigan State, was just the latest of many revolting but ultimately fruitless results against Power 5 opposite. If you date back to 2010, the Aggies have had five such opponents on the rope during the early part of the season, and yet they were all losses. Brutal. That might be the worst case of being hashtag on brand. Maryland wideout Joshua Jones became the first FBS freshman with a touchdown rushing, receiving, and passing in the same game once. Oregon quarterback Marcus Mariotti in 2012. Yes. And did I mention that LSU beat Miami? Yes. They beat them. Number eight, LSU. Number eight, Miami. Lose to number 25, uh, LSU. LSU 33-17. Um, the NCAT uh, won against the ECU. 
FAU, Oklahoma won 63-14. Um, Houston, University of Houston against Rice, 45-27. Southern University got their butt spanked against TCU. Southern had seven, TCU 55. Um, Mississippi, Ole Miss, um, 47. Texas Tech, 27. Um, Texas, MD, MD 34 to Texas 29. Illinois against Kinston, um, 24. Illinois, 31. Novova, Tempa, 19 and 17. Um, JMAD, NCST. Um, NCST was 24 to 13. Oregon State against Ohio State. Ohio State, 77 to 31. SC against CSTCAR. 49 to 15. Um it was uh it was all going loss against Georgia Tech 41 to 0. Um who else I'm missing? It was a lot to be played. It was a lot. It was a lot. And guess what? I'm here for it. Um our state can game was canceled. Akron, Nebraska, I told you their their game was canceled. Um but I'm looking forward to them finishing. I'm just excited that week one, 2018 college football is back and it's exciting and it's, it's everything. It is life. I ain't gonna say it's life, but it was, it was good. It was really, really good. Really, really, really good. It was really good. Um, yeah, like I said, Virginia Tech against Florida State, um, It's at 8 p.m. Um, UCF against Connecticut. UCF whooped the mess out on 56-17. Michigan State against Utah State, 38-31. Wilkerson, um, Wisconsin. W- Wilkerson? I am tripping. Against Western Kentucky, 34-3. Stanford against San Diego State, 31-10. Ohio State against Oregon State, 77-31. to Oklahoma against Florida, 63-14. TCU against Southern University, I told you, 55-7. to Got that ass banked. Um, Maryland against Texas, 34-29. Furman against Clemson. Clemson was 48-7. to Austin Pugh against Georgia, 45-0. to Austin Pugh didn't even get on the, the field, not even three points. Auburn beats Washington 21 to 16. Penn State against Appalachian State. I told y'all Penn State 45 to 38. West Virginia 40 to Tennessee 14. UC USC against UNLV. Um UC USC 43 to 21. Oh my god, I'm torn time. State 56 to Troy 20. Notre Dame 24 to Michigan 17. Mississippi State 63 to Stephen F. Austin 6. Um, Alabama number one against Louisville 51 to 14. Oregon against the Bowling Green. Oregon 58 to 24. Um, so it was it was interesting. It was a good opening so we're, we we still got something to play today so we'll see how that go but you guys don't go anywhere i'm gonna come back and we're gonna talk about labor day yeah that's what we're gonna talk about so don't go anywhere she me her your girl will be back yes honey 
All right, you guys. It still has some games to be played today on college football. Some were canceled. Maybe it'll go in the favor. I'm not a team. I'm not a fan of either teams, but I like football. So there you go. But I'm moving on to Labor Day. You know, because I'm going to give you a little rough draft. Labor Day is considered a U.S. national holiday. It is held the first Monday in every September. In every September, as if it's more than one September. Uh, the first Monday every September. Unlike most U.S. holidays, it is a strange celebration without rituals except for shopping and barbecuing. Now, for most people, it simply just marks the last weekend of summer and the start of the school year. But school started in August, so there you have it. The holiday's founders in the late 1800s envisioned something very different. And for what the day has become, the founders were looking for two things. Okay? A means of unifying union workers and a reduction in work time. So the history of Labor Day. The first Labor Day occurred in 1882 in New York City. And it was under the direction of that city's Central Labor Union. So in the 1800s, unions covered only a small fraction of workers and were um, their candidates and relatively weak. And the goal of organizations like the Central Labor Union and more modern day counterparts like the AFL-CIO was to bring many small unions together to achieve what was a critical mass in power. Now, the organizers of the first Labor Day were interested in what they said, creating an event that brought different types of workers together for them to meet each other and to recognize their common interests. However, the organizer had a large problem. No government or company recognized the first Monday in September as a day of work, a day off work. The issue was solved temporarily by declaring a one-day strike in the city and all striking workers were expected to march in a parade and then eat and drink at a giant picnic afterwards now the new york tribute uh true bounds reports that were covering the event felt the entire day was like one long political barbecue with a rather dull speech now why was labor day invented good question labor day came about because workers felt they were spending too many hours and days on the job. And so in the 1830s, manufacturing workers were putting in 70 hours a week on average. 60 years later, in the 1890s, um, hours of work had dropped, although the average manufacturing worker still tossed in a factory 60 hours a week. Um, these long working hours caused many union organizers to focus on winning a shorter eight-hour work week. And they also focused on getting workers more days off, such as the Labor Day holiday and reducing the work week to just six days. Now, these early organizers clearly won since the most recent data showed that the average person working in manufacturing is employed for a bit over 40 hours a week. And most people work only five days a week. Surprisingly, though, many politicians and business owners were actually in favor of giving workers more time off. Yes. And that was because workers had no free time, were not able to spend their wages on traveling, entertainment, or dining out. So after the U.S. economy 
expanded beyond farming and basic manufacturing in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, it became important for business to find consumers interested in buying the products and services being produced in an ever greater amount. Shortening the work week has was one way of turning the working class into the consuming class. So the common misconception was um, that since Labor Day is a national holiday, everyone gets the day off. Nothing could be further from the truth, my dear. Now, while the first Labor Day was created by striking, the idea of a special holiday for workers was easily for politicians to support. It was easy because proclaiming a holiday like Mother's Day costs legislatures nothing and benefits them by incurring favor with voters. So in 1887, Oregon, Colorado, Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, all declared a special legal holiday in September to celebrate the workers. Within 12 years, half the state in the country recognized Labor Day as a holiday. And it became a national holiday back in June um, 1894 when President Grover Cleveland signed the Labor Day bill into law. Now, most people interpreted this as recognizing a day as a national vacation, right? Congress proclamation covers only federal employees. It is up to each state to declare its own legal holidays. Moreover, proclaiming any day an official holiday means little as an official holiday does not require private employees and even some government agencies to give their workers the day off. Many stores are open on Labor Day. Essentially, government service and protection and transportation continues to function. And even less essential programs like the national parks are open because not everyone is giving time off on Labor Day. Let's just be honest about that. Union workers as recently as the 1930s were being urged to stage one day strike if the employee refused to give them the day off. So in the president's annual Labor Day declaration last year, Former President um, Barack Obama encouraged Americans to observe this, observe this day with appropriate programs, ceremonies, and activities that honor the contributions and the resilience of working Americans. Now, the proclamation, however, does not officially declare that anyone gets off. The controversy, militants, and founders. So today, most people in the U.S. think Labor Day as a non-controversial holiday, right? There is no family drama like a Thanksgiving. There's no religious issues like at Christmas. However, a hundred years ago, there were controversy. The first controversy that people fought over was how militant workers should act on a day designed to honor workers. Communists, Merricks, and socialist members of the trade union movement supported May 1 as an international day of demonstration, street protest, and even violence, which continues even today. So the more moderate trade union members, however, advocated for a September Labor Day of parades and picnics in the United States picnics instead of street protests won the day. There is also dispute over who suggested that idea. So they said that the earliest history from the mid-1930s credit Peter J. McGuire, who they said founded the United the U, the New York City Brotherhood of Carpenters and Jarners. And in 1881, with suggesting a date that will fall nearly midway between the 4th of July and Thanksgiving that will publicly show the strength and its spirit, the of the trade and labor 
organizations. So the late scholarship from the early 1970s, they make an excellent case that Matthew McGuire, a representative from the Machinist Union, actually was the founder of Labor Day. However, because Matthew McGuire was seen as too radical, the more moderate Peter McGuire was giving the freaking credit. Ain't that about what they do now? In 2018, they still get credit to somebody else. But anyway, who actually came up with the idea will likely never be known, but you can vote online to express your view. There is a thing where you can express your views online. It's called theconversation.com. Um, and in within the the um, topic of Labor Day, history of Labor Day, there is a link where you can click on it. So, moving on. How we lost the spirit of Labor Day. See, today, Labor Day is no longer about trade unions marching down the street with banners and their tools of trade. Today, instead, it is a confused holiday with no associated rituals. The original holiday was meant to handle problems of long working hours and no time off. And although the battle over these issues was seen to have been won long ago, this issue is starting to come back with a vengeance, not for manufacturing workers, but for highly skilled white collar workers, many of whom are constantly connected to work. So if you work all the time and you never really take a vacation, I think you need to start a new ritual that honors the original spirit of Labor Day. Give yourself the day off. Don't go into work. Shut off your phone, your computer, and other electronic devices connecting you to your daily grind. And then go to a barbecue like the original participants did over a century ago and celebrate having at least one day off from work during the year. I think it's needed. I think even if it's not Labor Day, I think everybody needs to take a break from work because we get so intense, so uptight and you know, all that amazing uh, adrenaline and frustration that goes along with work, it piles up on you. So, I'm going to ask this question. <clears throat> Who wants to join a union? Because there are, grum- are growing numbers of Americans, and Americans want more say about their benefits, training, and other important issues at work. And who wants a job because it's still about education how can job loss be bad for health and recession be good for it see the negative effects of job losses have been well documented and fairly well understood but why would studies also suggest that health improves during a recession the reason may surprise you that is my dog barking you guys and I'm gonna say be more woke be more available in your life and money makes the world go around everyone has to work everyone has bills everyone has to live you can't sit back and wait for somebody else um, to pay your bills for you work that job for you and all that stuff I get it and understand it but everyone needs a break from work everyone needs a break from work because there's BS on every job. I don't care what anybody say. People can say, oh my God, I love my job. I love going here. There's still BS at your job. 
Now, whether or not you let it affect you, whether or not you taking Xanax and you don't see it or feel it because you're in a good place with your medication, whether or not you you are the BS that create the BS and it never comes back to you, whether or not you just play dumb to the fact that BS is going on, there's BS is on every job. If it ain't, show me where it's at. Show me where it's at because I want the money. So show me the money and I'm there. But take a break. Enjoy yourself. Excuse yourself from everything that reminds you of your work. And chill out with your family and friends. Eat you some barbecue or some boiled seafood or something. Play cards. And just be at one in that moment with life. And that's all I have on Labor Day. You guys enjoy. Be safe. Um, Be good. And until next time, you guys, on Talk to Talk with your girl, Anita Love to Hate to Hate, stay true to yourself. Do not, and if you are, stop allowing other people's thoughts and opinions to dictate who and what you think of yourself. If we allow other people to dictate us, we are nobody. We are not ourselves. We are not living our lives. We are not going through our journey. We are not being where we need to be in our lives. We're allowing someone else to be our, our driver. And that's not how that works. Continue to push positivity despite negative. Always be encouraged to be better every day than what you were the day before. And you have to always let your family and friends know that you love them because tomorrow is not promised to anyone. You're here today, you're gone tomorrow. And everybody else's life is still moving. And no matter what God you serve, allow them to be God. Continue to push that love, you guys. And until next time on Talk to Talk with your girl, Anita Love to Hate to Hate, coming to you from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Peace and love. Peace.